the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The what if question will eat you alive for the rest of your life if you don't humble yourself up to actually do what the prophet says. You see, unless you follow the words of the prophet, it doesn't benefit you in the end. That's Pastor Michael Oxenteco, and this is Reaching Your Heart. Today's message with Pastor Mike is entitled The Little Angel and the Mighty Man. And you can find it online at reachingyourheart.com. Before we get started, we want you to know that we believe here at Reaching Your Heart that God answers prayer. If you need prayer, please call us at any time, day or night. 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Here now is our pastor teacher, Michael Oxenteco. So sometimes God shames his leaders in the church by the faith of leaders who are outside to bring us to a closer walk with God on the inside. That's what's happening here. And so the report spread far and wide that the king had freaked out when asked to heal the mighty man. Friend, when a person comes to church, the gospel should be available among the ranks of God's people. It should flow like honey to new people who are seeking grace. And every sin that comes into this place should be viewed as an opportunity for a healing grace, not to be pointed out as if somehow we're better than anybody else, but for people to come to God and be healed. It's one thing to be a leader in the church. It's another thing to be a man or woman of God in the church. And the king was a leader, but not a man of God. And so what do you do? When the leaders fail, what happens then? You see, a man or woman of God will not fail God if they stay with God. They can prevail every time because the word of God is active in their life. Look at verse 8. But when Elisha, the man of God, that's his title. He's not the leader or king. He's the man of God. He heard that the king of Israel had rent his clothes. He sent to the king saying, why have you rent your clothes? Let him come now to me that he may know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman came with his horses and chariots and halted at the door of Elisha's house. Imagine the strange journey in this mighty man's mind. It all started with a raid that took a little maid away from the land of Israel. And this little maid became the servant of his wife in time a talkative little maid that made a difference in the house like Orphan Annie. She spoke of hope, of God, of prophets, of tomorrow with answers, of a cure at the hand of the prophet in the land who spoke for God. And so the mighty man went to his king, and his king sent him away to the king of Israel, his former enemy, with gifts so the mighty man could be healed. But here's the paradox. The king of Israel had less faith than the king from the kingdom the mighty man left behind. So by degree, the mighty man finds his way to a man of God in spite of the king. Now that's quite a circuitous route to find faith. But God is in that road to help the mighty man. You see, sometimes we make it hard in the church for people to turn to God because we need to turn to God first ourselves in the church. 
The mighty man is seeking God in a land where God's people don't know God experientially. And yet it's God's land and God is still there. And so the real tragedy in the story is the king who lives in the land that should have known better. But hallelujah, God loves his people anyway. And he loves the people who are trying to come to him in spite of their hang-ups and problems. You know, sometimes people say, well, you know, I found a hypocrite in the church. Therefore, I'm going to stop attending church. Hey, given any wrong time in your life, any of us could be that hypocrite, right? I could mess up. And I have at times in my life messed up. You have too, right? So yeah, they're hypocrites here in church today. Don't raise your hand. But you know what? Church is for anybody who's struggling with sin. Hypocrisy too, isn't it? And the church doesn't grow if we forsake the church because of its imperfections. There are people here at different places in their walk with Christ. And some of you are very mature. Some of you aren't. Some of you look like you are and you aren't. I mean, it's a mix. Right? So let's get on our knees and let's help each other get there. Let's stop being critics. If you see a sin in the church, if you can't affect change in a way that really works, then pray and do your part for God. That's really what we have to be doing. And so Naaman sought God out in spite of the king, in spite of the upside down kingdom, in spite of the hypocrisy of the church. Now, what do we call that? We call that persistence. And what was it that made a difference? That little girl's missionary endeavor made a difference. She was a soul winner that was helping her mighty man get saved. When Naaman finally comes to Elisha's door, it looks like Elisha doesn't care any more than the king does. Now, you would expect the prophet to come out and say something this upside-down kind of kingdom, but he doesn't say anything himself, and he doesn't come out. Look at verse 9. So Naaman came with his horses and chariots, and halted at the door of Elisha's house. I'd like to have seen that event. Here he was, rumbling through the countryside with those chariots. <laughs> comes to stop. The mighty man comes out, comes to the door. That's what's happening. Verse 10. And Elisha sent a messenger to him. So the messenger goes out, shuts the door. I'm here to speak for the prophet. He's inside. He's staying inside. He's not going to talk to you. Sends a messenger saying, Go wash in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh shall be restored, and you shall be clean. Goodbye. And he closes the door and goes back in. That's the kind of thing that's happening here. This mighty man knew of the mighty river Euphrates and the mighty Tigris River. Here he was at last to meet the prophet, and that's the greeting. The river Jordan was a little mud hole that emptied into the briny sea called the Dead Sea. Who cares about that muddy creek? It was a do-nothing river and a know-nothing upside-down kind of land as far as he was concerned. And to make matters worse, the prophet said, wash seven times in that mud hole. Now that would imply that the mighty man was real dirty and perhaps a little smelly too. I mean, this is an insult to him. It would appear at this point, Naaman has had it with this whole journey into the Israel thing. So much for this upside-down kind of kingdom spoken of by the little maid. Second Kings 5.11 but Naaman was angry, and he went away saying, Behold, I thought that he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and wave his hand over the place and cure the leper. Are not Abana and Farpar, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Could I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in a rage. Naaman had expected a marvelous display of divine power from the prophet that day. He had come to believe that the God of Israel could do it through a prophet. 
He was waiting for the miraculous moment for the religious experience to be just right. Holy Spirit moment, maybe. For the miracle of tomorrow to flow from the magic of the hand of the man who stood for God, who called on his name as lightning and thunder and the earth shook. Wave your hand and call on the name Shazam, be cured. But you know, friend, the prophets are not about magic. The prophets are not about boastful displays. The prophets are the men and women who carry the word of God. They are not showmen either. The prophets are about God and the prophets are men of God and God is a humble God. And the prophet knew that day because God no doubt had told him that if he went out and he spoke directly to the mighty man, all the mighty man would ever remember was that he had met the prophet. You see, God gives us prophets, not that we can glory in the prophets. God gives us the prophets so we can find Jesus, so we can find God in his word. And so he sent a messenger and told him to go wash in the river Jordan seven times. Go wash in a place where only God can heal you with no prophet around. Now let's face it. There are times in life when God sends a messenger to you. And the messengers don't seem to match what you expect from God. Right? Perhaps the message seems a little boring or harsh. Or perhaps the messenger is boring to hear. And so you're tempted to wait the message by the circumstances that surround it. And you are tempted to not believe because it didn't come the way you wanted it to come to you. That's the test that comes to every man and woman who is called to wash in the river Jordan. We must accept the word of God or not. And there's always the temptation to think it's just not good enough. God calls the sinner sick with leprosy to wash in a muddy river on God's terms and not his or her terms. The mighty man had been through a lot. And you can almost feel sympathy for him in the story. But at this point, the story shifts to Naaman's servants who spent a lot of energy helping the mighty man come to God, a God they didn't even know. Friend, when you've tried real hard in your life and you've really done your best and you give up without doing what the prophet told you to do, maybe deep inside of you, the what if question will eat you alive for the rest of your life if you don't humble yourself up to actually do what the prophet says. You see, unless you follow the words of the prophet, it doesn't benefit you in the end. Up to this point in time, Naaman, even though he was a leper, didn't know that there was a leprosy on the inside of his heart that needed to be washed away in the river Jordan like the leprosy of his skin. And in that moment of truth, it has surfaced and all his servants can see it. He has a problem inside. The mighty man of Syria, for all his strengths in war, he was really a weak man who was sick with more than a skin surface disease. He had the disease of pride, of self-confidence, of importance. He felt like he was a good, mighty person, must be treated as such. But to be healed, Naaman must be humbled before his army, his nation, his king. The upside-down kind of kingdom he was at war with, he must be humble before it. And he must obey the command of God from the prophet. Naaman must recognize that God cures a man or woman on God's terms and in God's way. And not on his terms and in his way. And you know, friend, that's how God cures us too. God cures us with the word of God. 2 Kings 5.13 But his servants came near and said to him, My father, if the prophet had commanded you to do some great thing, would you not have done it? How much rather than when he says you wash and be clean? Many a man or woman does the same thing with baptism, a baptism that never happens in their life. 
They want God to cure them, but they don't want to be baptized and join the church with real commitment to show everyone that they choose Jesus Christ and so their sins stay with them and they don't get washed away. Friend, baptism scares some. Scared me. I remember when I got baptized, I was scared to death. How many of you were scared at your baptism a little bit? You can be honest. Okay, a few of you. I was scared to get baptized. I got baptized because Jesus said be baptized. Christ had this to say at the end of the Gospel of Mark, for every man and woman who would hear his voice through the prophets and the apostles of the Christian church. Mark 16, 15 to 16. And Jesus said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to the whole creation. And he who believes and is baptized, what does the text say? Will be saved. It's the language of certainty. But he who does not believe, what does it say? Will be condemned. Now God has not asked us some great task here. He simply says, wash and be clean. Believe in the Lord Jesus, be baptized and be clean. 2 Kings 5.14 So he went down and dipped himself seven times in the Jordan according to the word of the man of God. Now that's how it's done. God's word through the prophet obeyed, he's baptized. And his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child and he was clean. He was clean right then and there. God made him clean. And that's what happens when a person is baptized. They're made clean because of their profession of faith in Christ. And God declares them righteous by grace, saving grace. The language is real clear here. The mighty man watched seven times according to the word of the man of God. When he let the word of God work for him, his skin was restored like that of a little child. When he trusted the word of God like a child trusts a parent, he became a child of God through faith. Perhaps Jesus had this in mind when he told his disciples this same sacred truth in Mark 10, 15. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. The word of God made all the difference in the life of Naaman that day. Friend, there are many voices in the church. There are many voices around us who will try to tell you that you cannot trust this Bible as it reads. You know, if you want to be saved, you better ignore them. Because God's not going to sit here and compete with them and try to answer every argument they throw at you. It has taken centuries of providence and power and the death of Christ and the establishment of the Christian church to give us this Bible. God has been present in the original writing. He was in present in the organization of the book. He was present in the formation of the sacred canon of the Old and New Testaments forming a single canon. And friend, we should take it as it reads, as the word of God, and be saved. So Naaman had to humble himself to receive the power of God's word, and so do we. It works the same for you and me as it did for him in that upside-down kind of kingdom. 1 Peter 1.23, he says, You have been born anew. Peter is speaking here, the disciple of Jesus, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and abiding word of God. Does anyone have a stethoscope here? You don't. If I had a stethoscope, I'd stick it in my ears... And I put it right here in my Bible and I'd listen and there's a heart beating because the Bible is alive. Amen. It's alive. It's not human opinion. It's the living word of God. And so he says, the living and abiding word of God for all flesh is like grass and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers and the flower fails, but the word of the Lord abides forever. And that word is the good news, the gospel, which was preached to you. 
Friend, wash and be clean. Let the Bible work in your life. Friend, when you humble yourself and you believe God, God will reveal himself to you in the word that makes you clean. Now, I want to make a recommendation to you. How many of you felt like, well, you know, I don't know where to start with the Bible. You ever feel that way? Okay, got an honest answer out there. Thank you. I want to make a recommendation. Get your pencil out. There are five books that have helped me to understand the Bible. And I've immersed myself in those books. And because of them, I'm much more immersed in the Bible. And those books are the Conflict of the Ages series. More with Pastor Michael Oxentenko in just a moment. Studying the Bible is vital to our lives, and we would like to help you in that process by providing you free Bible study guides. These full-color Bible study guides are available for you right now if you dial this telephone number, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. We would love for you to call and get your copy of these free Bible study guides at any time. That's 888-244-4673. Now more with Pastor Michael Oxentenko. And I recommend every one of them, Patriarchs and Prophets, Prophets and Kings, The Desire of Ages, Acts of the Apostles, and The Great Controversy. Now, they're not the Bible, but God has visited us to give us a gift to lead us back to the Bible. And those books, like no other, I would recommend. I'm going to add two more books to the list, okay? Christ Object Lessons, three actually. Christ Object Lessons, no book ever written on the parables like that book. And then the exposition on the Sermon on the Mount, the Mount of Blessings. And the third one is the book that helped me to become a Christian. When my dad died, he gave me this little book, Steps to Christ. And that book for me helped me to come to Christ. And my dad never knew it, so I have to tell him in the resurrection. These are the books that have helped me and I still rely on them. And I spend most of my time in the Bible. But there were times when I didn't know where to start. And so when you start through the conflict series, you'll see the Bible there, the sections of the Bible that a chapter is based on. And I highly recommend you read those chapters and the Bible together. And you'll find yourself then really being drawn to the Bible so deeply that in time you'll find yourself spending 90% of the time in the Bible, 10% of the time in these books. And that's the way it should be. But on the short term, I found the books helped me get there. Are you with me? So I want to recommend the same gift to you because we need the Bible. Time is roaming out. We need to be educated in the Word of God, and those are helpful tools. Friend, when you humble yourself and you believe God, God will reveal himself through the Bible. 2 Kings 5.15. Then he returned to the man of God, he and all his company. He came and stood before him. He said, Behold, I know that there is no God in all the earth but in Israel. So accept now a present from your servant. But he said... As the Lord lives whom I serve, I will receive none. And he urged him to take it, but he refused. Naaman has just moved from polytheism to monotheism, from many gods to the only one true God. And the one God he recognizes right here is the God of the upside-down kingdom the little maid spoke of. Elisha refuses to take a gift so he can drive the point home that heaven is free, that salvation cannot be earned, that pardon from sin cannot be bought and washing that makes you clean cannot be deserved or you cannot pay God back for the gift. Friend, when God visits you with his grace in your life, why don't you look into his face and accept the gift that is free for you but very costly for him? And so the mighty man came to grips that day with a truth that is mightier than him. 
through the abiding word of God, he was washed and he was made clean, deep within and on the outside too. At this point, facing the man of God, Naaman only asks one material thing of him. The little maid told the mighty man that he would be gathered from his leprosy, not cured, but gathered. A piece of land was all he wanted to take it back to remind him of the place where he found God. Look at verse 17. The Naaman said, if not, I pray you, let there be given to your servants two mules, burden of earth. For henceforth, your servant will not offer burnt offerings or sacrifice to any God but the Lord. In this matter, may the Lord pardon your servant when my master goes into the house of Ramon to worship there, leaning on my arm. And I bow down in the house of Ramon. What he's saying is, I'm not worshiping that God. I'm being respectful of my king. And when I bow myself in the house of Ramon, the Lord pardon your servant in this matter. Now, the answer is stunning. The prophet says, go in peace. You see, this was a huge step in this man's life. And God doesn't add an extra burden on him. The man who left his land for a cure to be found in an upside-down kind of kingdom with a crazy king who rent his clothes and ran it at him, who finally found the prophet, returned at last to his house, his wife, and the little maid, who made a huge difference in his life. The little maid who was driven from her land by his warriors to make a difference in a foreign land, providence was there, saw that mighty man coming home to her with two mules carrying earth from her land. And so the prophecy of the little maid in behalf of the mighty man was fulfilled that day. Naaman was gathered into God's grace and cleansed from his leprosy at his baptism. And the little maid was comforted by him with a piece of the earth and a piece of the land that she would never see again. And she and Naaman could pray on that piece of earth for the rest of their days toward that upside down kind of kingdom where God's house was at to a God that lived there their God. Orphan Annie and Mr. Warbucks, no, just the true story of a little maid and the mighty man that God gathered in who in time made a house and a home for God in a foreign land. Dear Heavenly Father, we really don't need educating. We need saving. We need healing in our lives. Education is the out product of being saved and healed. And Lord, the kind of education that comes to us heals. Lord, there is probably someone here today who needs to be healed, who needs to apply the blood of Christ to their life. And if you're that person, and the Lord has spoken to you as our heads are bowed, you say, I seize the word of God today that says, wash in the Jordan and be clean. I choose Jesus to be clean. Raise your hand to heaven. Raise it high. And Lord, may the blood of Christ that cleanses us from all sin cleanse everyone whose hand was raised by the authority of the Word of God in Jesus' name. And Father, it could be that there's someone here who needs to be baptized. To join the church as the New Testament taught, as Jesus taught through the apostles. And if you're that person, you need to be baptized, just raise your hand to God right now. Now, Lord, you see the hands that have gone up. Lord, I ask that that person will seek me out today. And may they be baptized in God's way, in God's time, but soon. And Lord, thank you for loving sinners such as us. We're not perfect folk in this place. We've got a mix of people here. And the preacher is the chief of sinners. 
So help me, Lord, to live for you. Give me purity and holiness in my life. Give it to us in our church and that we'll be bent on saving souls like the little maid. In Jesus' name, amen. That will conclude The Little Maid and The Mighty Man. Today's Reaching Your Heart. Thank you so much for listening. You can find this broadcast online at reachingyourheart.com. If you're living in Northern Virginia, or if you don't mind driving just a little bit, Pastor Mike would like to invite you personally to a seminar to learn about the amazing prophetic discoveries as found in the book of Revelation. Now, this series starts Friday, March the 23rd at 7 p.m. and is being conducted by Pastor Mike's good friend, Pastor Mark Finley, who is a pastor, author, and evangelist who has taken these seminars to over 80 countries. You'll not want to miss Pastor Mark's dynamic, compassionate, and thought-provoking discoveries that enables you to really actually understand the book of Revelation and face the future with confidence. This seminar is free and will be conducted at the Battlefield Best Western Inn, 10820 Ballsford Road, Manassas, Virginia. That's 10820 Ballsford Road, Manassas, Virginia. The seminar is packed with content and will be conducted in the evenings at 7 p.m. on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Hey, if you can't attend the entire series, please stop by and learn some amazing discoveries with the time that you have. That's 10820 Ballsford Road, Manassas, Virginia. You can call this telephone number for more information, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Be prepared. It's a great motto to keep in mind given the difficult times that we all face here in the future. We'd love for you to have a book entitled Ultimate Survival. This book will give you practical steps on how you can survive spiritually. You'll discover keys to physical, mental, and spiritual survival you may not know existed. Call right now, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. And join us again next time for another edition of Reaching Your Heart. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.